welcome back everyone to the second episode of the week for four love of cinema where our motto is we just hope it doesn't suck this is episode 276 b where we will now discuss our the- thoughts on the north man with you for that discussion grayson roger and chris the trio is back together again for the episode of the unbreakable weight of massive talent including the whole unbearable. box office breakdown Oh, yeah, the unbreakable, the unbearable weight of massive talent, including the whole box office breakdown. What's streaming trailer talk? Check out the uh, check out episode 276A posted on Tuesday, 5-3. Well, gentlemen, without further ado, let us jump into the second movie of the week, The North Man, a very different movie than the Nick Cage movie. Okay, I want to open with this movie fucking owns. Well, you're going to uh, Rotten Tomatoes might have a different thing to say about that because the tomato meter is at 89, and this doesn't happen often. The audience score is at 64. That's criminal. Eh, I mean, I listen, I get why people won't like this movie. No, Much yeah. like I said to the end of our discussion about unbearable weight of massive talent, there's going to be plenty of people out there like, I think this movie is trash. Yeah. I get it. I can see it. I just, I don't know. I like this movie, but this this is my kind of movie. This, this is, like is a of, dude movie. It is actually. I, actually, I have a text that I sent my wife at one point while watching this movie, and I'm gonna pull it up right now. It says movie movie is weird, but kind of cool. Definitely man <laughs> shit. Well, definitely man shit happening here. Lots of man shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like that movie's weird, but it's kind of cool. You know, I can yeah. see like that's a great thing to say too. Um, yeah, no, that works really well. I think is that, and but I can definitely see why the sixty four is. I'm just, it's weird to me. Usually, the audience score is much higher than the than the critical score, so that's why I say that. But well, I so can... th- this movie, and we'll talk about it. This movie is beautifully shot, oh, and yes, it has a it lot, is. and it has a lot of very good cinematography and like the action scenes too. So it it earns a lot of critic points in, in that area. Whereas your average moviegoers, they don't really give a shit about that half the time. Nope. Well, I think they, I think they do, and they don't. They're like, "Oh, it's pretty," but not as much to be, not as much to, I think, help the score of the movie in, in their mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. All right, Alexander Skarsgård as Amleth, Nicole Kidman as Queen Gundru, Kles Bang as Fornior, the Brotherless, Ethan Hawke as King Avondi War Raven. Great name, by the way. Anya Taylor Joy as Olga of the Birch Forest. Like, like these names are phenomenal. Like, come on, how do you not love these names? Um, Gustav Linda as Thor the Prot, Elliot Rose as Gunnar, Willem Dafoe as Hymir the Fool, Bjork as Searless, Henrik Innelson as, sorry, Rebecca Innelson, I remember when I said Henrik, as Hala the Maiden, Kate Dickey as Hala the Prick, and out Ralph Innocent makes an appearance again. I love that guy as Captain Vodemir. Directed, of course, by Robert Eggers. Let's get into it, shall we, gentlemen? Roger, what is going on in the North, man? Uh, Ownage. Can you be a little more specific, sir, please? Love story. Love story. Both those are wrong. God damn it. They're not both wrong. I mean, it's less right. (laughs) I mean, honestly, all jokes aside, this movie is basically a revenge tale uh, about a young prince whose father gets killed by his brother, you know, 20 years or so. It's 20 years. About that, yeah. That passes. Um, time passes and, you know, he gets his revenge or goes on his quest for revenge. So during that time, you know, people die, people take mushrooms, 
People bark like wolves and bears and fight to the death new well there's everything fucking awesome in the world well there's there's the robert eggers part of it was like the in the cave like the barking and the i understand some of these old-timey cultures have things done a little differently but that's definitely the robert eggers part of that is right there i think that's how they were raising the eggers home (laughs) sat around a big fire shirtless barked at the moon (laughs) but he's he's also the guy that did if you remember we liked the lighthouse quite a bit Again, sure. Willem, Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson. We yep, like that one. Must be his boy. And uh, the witch. We, I mean, we weren't doing the show then, but we would have. I think we would have scored that one pretty high. Though. Well, maybe not you, Roger, because it's horror. But the witch is one of those well-renowned horror movies that people really love. So is that. I mean, he's done some great stuff. Um, he's a very specific kind of director, which I love. So there's what we're going to get into. You know. The, the 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 eggers kind of the footprint of the eggers in this as, as well chris what did you think of this one besides what you said earlier in your text i mean i i, I feel like it's unfair to limit me in that scope because i like what i texted but um <laughs> so i this movie's i don't know i don't want to i i don't want to gush too hard about this movie because i do realize this is like one of my two like main movie genres but this movie is cool as shit in like a lot of respects of like how deep they get into like the, the, I I wonder how much of this is like perception of what, what like this culture would have, would have been like and how much of it is actually like researched and like hard facts that they figured out through anthropology because they dive into like the culture of, of what his character goes through and you know, the customs and rituals and all this kind of stuff, which is just pretty cool to see. And the movie's so beautifully shot, and the action scenes are very well done. This is really cool. Like this movie's just cool, and I say that I, I hope, hopefully, unironically, just because you know it, it is it is a lot of you know like this is a dude movie, but it's really well made. It's not just made haphazardly because they know guys will come watch this. There's a lot of there's a lot of creativity in this movie, and there's a lot of like they take a lot of liberties here to like to make this thing gritty and real and you're not really rooting for a good guy in this you're rooting for the no, guy that had something done wrong to him he's yeah. a bad dude he's not a good guy there's some stuff here that's hard to watch well i don't i mean he's not necessarily a bad guy he's, he's just a, not a good guy i mean you could say anti-hero but he's, he definitely, no he's bad there's he definitely, varying degrees of bad here. He definitely watched an entire cabin full of children burn. So he's not uh, really Hold a on, hold dude. on. I, I would counter with he didn't just watch. He participated in the roundup and slaughter <laughs> and put them in that building. He's yeah, part so of yeah. that. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's not a good but dude. <laughs> I think the definition – that's the thing. So this is loosely based on another story. Um, I thought this was a documentary filmed in real time. It they is. What are you talking about? They, they utilize time travel. Went back and filmed this movie as it yeah, one hundred percent. You nailed right, nail right on the head that one. Yeah, love it. Yes, um, it's 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 loosely based on a on a on an old legend, and it's uh, I don't I mean again loosely is I think a term that's thrown around here way too much, but um, like I, I throw around the word allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. So when with your definition of a good guy and a bad guy, let's talk about that for one second. In those times, though. I see. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I, I don't. Whoa, whoa! What do you mean? 
He burns a cabin full of children to death. Yeah, but they were just the other. They were the they were the tribe. <laughs> they that were he didn't just like. there. <laughs> no, but, but, you have to, but, but with context, it makes sense, though. Hold on. So, do you think that those people within those high walls were also out marauding around, or could those have been peaceful folk that had walls up because they wanted to protect their women and children, and they were trying to live in a peaceful society full well, of, of trade? Course. Yes, of course. Well, so what but do you mean then? What, what are you trying well, to say? I, life Grayson is a lot really hates kids. No, <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm getting from this. Life was a life was a lot less. It was a lot more gray in that time. It was either kill or be killed. No, child were, murder is still really frowned upon then. But I mean, as it oh, is fine. much as it is now. <laughs> okay, fine, fine, fine. So let's so let's talk about the beginning, the, the opening yeah. of this. Talk about the opening. Uh, it's actually very similar to the opening of the lighthouse. I, I noticed too. You know, the, the gray, the water, the crow. Mm-hmm. I think sure. that's becoming – the crow, I think, is becoming – I think is one of Edgar's things now, but – which is kind of cool. Raven, but the, the, raven, crow, raven, crow. Oh, it might have been a raven. raven. I don't know. I think it's – okay, you're right. They're a a black bird. Thing. But I mean – Or not. The, the bird symbolizes no. – the bird symbolizes death and bad is the point of that. So, I mean, right, I mean, it's very Shakespearean in that way too though. So, I mean, I like – I mean, to me that said – to me, that said all that. Plus, this is a tale, this is a story, this is a legend, this is something. The crow told me all that. At least, at least that's what I kind of extrapolated at that moment. But um, let's talk about how it opens. Then it opens in what, like nine, nine, uh, eight ninety five, eight ninety five AD. Yeah, eight ninety five AD. It opens, and a king is returning to his homeland in in Iceland, a very place that I just wouldn't want to be for more than a day doesn't look fun um a king is returning a wife is happy a son is happy a village is happy to have their people back um of course with the king come the returning warriors who go back to their their families so there's all kinds of merrymaking to be had of course ethan i thought ethan hawk i didn't think he was gonna be able to do this i thought he did a great job sure i think i so. really i really thought he kind of nailed that character of I, again i didn't think he'd be able to do it i just i didn't but i had my doubts excuse me i had to sneeze um for a brief moment a son is reunited with his father and you know a, a couple is reunited and this the father you know he I, I you know what i thought was a great moment was he says you're a, you're a boy now you're not a boy anymore greet me as an adult and then he goes but i can as a father i can give you a big hug or he didn't say that but he basically said that yeah you know, sure. in front of all the in front of all the townspeople which is what i loved um, it's one of those moments that I just love. But I really, really, really wish I had a dad. Whoa, mm. I got dark fast. All right. Um, and then of course, <laughs> <laughs> and then so, and then of course, that, that chair is so squeaky, Roger. So squeaky. What chair? Yeah, shut up. Um, there, that yeah, that chair. Thank you very much. Um, and then we get the moments where I love too is. A father is being a father to his son. He's teaching him the old ways, the customs of their people. And he said, like, my grandfather did this for my dad. My dad did this for me, and I'm doing this for you. They go on a walk together to meet – who is – like, Defoe. They, take a, they, they, they do the spiritual journey. The spiritual journey where they, their like – jester, Willem Defoe's character, is leading that journey. What's his name? Hymir? Hymir the Fool or something. Yeah, Hymir yeah. the Jester. Um, but he does again. I was like, I was. I thought that role was great for Willem Dafoe. He just 
fucking nailed it, man. Even though he's he's only there for a short time, but he's very yep. he's very distinct and he's very noticeable as Willem Dafoe as well. So that's that, that's also what I love about that. I mean, Willem Dafoe knows what Willem Dafoe's wheelhouse is. He's a creepy looking old dude. That's basically him, especially. I mean, that's, that, that's who he is in this movie, right? He's this creepy old dude. Well, he's a creepy old jester who kind of knows what's going to happen, kind of doesn't. He's like their their witch doctor, spirit man, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, no, it's I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it as well. And then everything goes wrong. Yeah. Um, the brother comes. And then of course, I say of course. I mean, this happened. I'm sure it's happened quite a bit in the old, the old. Folnir is his name, right? Folnir, the brotherless. Yeah. Um, kills his kills his brother, beheads his brother, tries to kill the boy, unsuccessful. Kills everyone in the village. Takes the wife. Takes the queen, and then we have our young, our young. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, yeah so he, you know, like the village is raided by his, you know, family's or his brother's troops and blah, 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 blah. So I want to make one point that I thought was just dumb as hell in this movie. When little Amleth is running through, like, ducking under houses, he finds this giant bright red cloak. Yeah, yeah, the, the most and puts inconspicuous it on, thing, And right? I was just like, is this supposed to mean something? And then he yeah. immediately has it for like two minutes and throws it off like nothing. I'm like, why did you pick up the brightest colored thing you could find? Yeah, I, I think the red cloak is probably supposed to symbolize something. Okay, then may, maybe I just didn't get that, but I was but, like, well, why? Why? I don't, I don't get it either, but that's the only reason why you would on purpose have the red cloak be what he grabs, like, at, like for, from a from a dictatorial standpoint, where like, you know, there's a reason why that's red. There's some probably some symbolism there that we're not getting. Because that could have been any color than red, right? That could have been a, a green cloak, a brown cloak. I mean, or you just don't pick up the bright red cloak. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. But since they hadn't picked it up, it has to do some, have to have something to do with it. But, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Because I thought the same thing. I was like, well, that's going to stand out like a sore <laughs> thumb, right? I wonder and, where the kid is. Hmm. Yeah. He just slithers away. But, like, you know, it's just one of those things where I think there's meaning behind it that we're not getting. Probably happens okay. a few times in this movie, honestly. Well, I'm 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 with, I'm with Chris. That the, the red cape definitely has meaning in in the in the legend in the old time. Red does red does mean something. So there's that. But I I do. I mean, some of the camera work here is really kind of commendable. Also, there are some long shots, and you just mentioned the shot where he's, you know, ducking through the houses. Mm-hmm. Under under the houses, like that's a long shot, and I I, sure. I appreciate that. I I think that's always I always note that and think it's very cool when it happens because those shots are so not easy to choreograph, especially the more you have, the more like you have background doing. Like everyone's got to hit their mark, and yep. you know you can't miss or it just looks out of place. So I appreciate those long shots more and more. I mean, a movie that I love on that. I mean, Extraction had those long ass fight scenes that. Man, those would have been just a mother to get right, but they're awesome when they do. Same with these shots. Like it's just they're they're they take a lot of practice, but when they when they get done, the final product looks great. You know, it's not as it's not this cut up edited mess. It just it's a long flowing shot that works, especially in a movie like this. Where, you know, life is slower for a lot of people. Life is brutal, life is cold, life is hungry. You know, it, it just it sucks. <laughs> for a lot of people if you're not one of the highborn it's just bad it's just not the best life for anybody 
No, but, I mean he does. Amleth does end up in the not the worst scenario ever. You know, he, he gets on a boat and just kind of just gets away and ends up being picked up by some Vikings. And they raise him up to be a berserker, which is ironic, you know, because he's like, what, 6'6", 275 of rock-solid muscle, just a giant mountain of a man. Yeah, he really let himself go go in this role, right? Yeah, he looks like shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you know, the worst part about him is when he cuts his beard. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Um, Um, We fast forward. Well, he's just a mammoth of a man, right? I I want to talk about how beautiful this guy is for a second. That's a lot of work that went into that body. Like, well, have you guys ever? Uh, he, so he's on a bunch of. He's done a bunch of stuff at this point, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But uh, Alexander Skarsgård is who we're talking about. But he is on. Um, he's on a show on Stars called Heels, which is about uh, small time pro wrestling. Okay. Um, he's one of the main characters in it. He, he's great in it because he's very good. But he is absolutely just shredded in that movie or that TV show. So. It's just like God bless. <laughs> um, one one vibe I did get from this movie, and I love this vibe, um, is Conan, the original sure. Conan with Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, okay. I, I, I can see that. James Earl Jones, Tulsa Doom. It, it just one of those movies that God damn, that's such a good movie. Imagine, um, I mean, if you if you reimagine Conan, like remade it today, I feel like it would have this tone because Conan back then was it was a little more. I don't know. Like it, it was, it was way adult oriented. Like, way well, adult, adult oriented. oriented. Well, it was really eighties, right? It was yes. very much, you know, it was kind of tropey. It was the, it had like the the zany one liners and stupid stuff like that. But like, didn't have much that, dialogue at all, actually. Yeah, <laughs> didn't have much dialogue whatsoever. If you made that today, it would be kind of like I, I would imagine like one of the ways you could reimagine it is like this, where it's just just this brutal goddamn movie that of like this the story all the way through. I don't know. I think you could do Conan today, kind of like this one, and it'd be successful. So let's talk about the Skarsgård family for one second. <laughs> so okay. dad, dad is Kellen, obviously, super yeah. famous, right? So we got Alexander here, just the mountain Viking of a man. We got brother Bill, who is Pennywise the Clown. Like, what a what a strange dichotomy of roles that they have fulfilled. <laughs> True. This is insane. All right, well, continue. Who was the Skarsgård? In uh, Pirates. That's the older uh, Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan, right? yeah. Yeah, he's... Yeah, they have to... But, I mean, look, they're all superb, though. Yeah. They're all wonderful at what they do. Uh, what? So, I, I like the passage of time. Because, I mean, one of my favorite... One of my favorite lines in a movie that I, I always return to again and again and again is um, A Road to Perdition. Where... In that, in, in, in that movie, the younger Sullivan, well, a Sullivan kid goes, goes away with his father, t- Tom, Tom, Tom Hanks. And before he was anyone, um, who's the current James Bond, who he was current James Bond, what's his name? Um, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. And he, the kid sees, sees a murder. And then in order to, in order to silence him, Daniel Craig, as the son of Mr. Rooney kills the wrong brother and then him and Tom Hanks have to go on the run. That's just, that's that road to perdition. And there's a there's a there's a point where Tom Hanks is in Chicago meeting with a Mister Nitty, a, a very famous you know mobster gangster of the time. And one of my favorite lines is, "We have to take him now. He's in the building. We have to kill him and his son." And then someone says, 
And then, of course, um, Paul Newman as Mr. M- Mr. Rooney says, no, not the not the kid, not the kid. And, this, and then Stanley Tucci very, very smartly says, that kid grows up to be a man. You think he won't remember this? And like that's one line I always remember because that is exactly what's going on here is, I mean – you're, so 20 years have gone by. Well, we're guessing, right? You know, 20-ish. Uh, I assume 20 feels like a good number, right? Yeah. And then our our hero is, well, our, our let's just call him our main main character. Because oh. he's, he's a little gray with the hero and the protagonist stuff, but he is, he has joined this group and he is just killing at will. He's yep. just surviving. But then well, again, he's... So here's, go ahead, bye, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I mean, back then, that's what it was. So how can you be considered a bad dude if you're just surviving? Well, I mean, so I mean, it, they it, they didn't go around burning women and children to death just because that's what you that wasn't a thing that just happened all the time in the ninth century, buddy. That's just yeah. not I mean, accurate. If you want to, if you want to find out, like you know, I mean, if you want to compare it to like the other civilizations and cultures that are around the 900 AD era, not everyone did that. They were, but that was the culture he was a part of. Don't get me wrong, but there's a reason why though that those cultures, you know, by and large, died out. You know, by like the thirteen and thirteen hundred and seventeen hundred, you know, AD was because the 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 other side of that coin, you know, um, like established militaries and things like that, slowly like just wiped them off the planet <laughs> because they were deemed to be not the good guys at that point, you know? Yeah. They, Too savage. It, yeah. And that's what it is. But, but, you know, in that regard, you know, is this is his upbringing. This is his culture. This is, he's, he's gone from one clan of, of, of a warring tribe to another to survive and to enact his cycle of revenge. You know, the, the circle that he's started, well, the thread of fate as they call it, which is, which is a pretty good depiction of like what he's, what he's going through here. I'm just okay. I'm sorry. I'm looking at look at Alexander Skarsgård picture on IMDb. I, I can't even begin to tell you what it. Just look at it. I can't even begin to tell you what I'm seeing right now. Like it won't make any sense. A bunch of abdominal muscles. No, he's he's wearing a tuxedo shirt and no pants, and you can see his underwear. I just, I just want to interject with that, Chris. What you just said. That everything seems everything, drafty. Everything was was spot on. I think, except for I think that I think that kind of stuff did happen way more often than you're giving it credit for well i didn't say it didn't happen it did not happen often i'm just saying that you know none of it is whether whatever the case may be i mean that was that was just more of a normal life normal existence back then yeah yeah so he's with that he's with a he's with a tribe and they they've just conquered another village and then he hears of here's a rumor about his uncle that how their little mini kingdom on the island there had gotten overthrown and he had moved to like some farmland in what rural Iceland. Light or Iceland. Iceland yeah. yeah. Off there in Iceland. So that's, uh, that's where our quest begins. He brands himself as a slave, cuts his hair off and his beard off and, uh, gets put on a slave ship and ends up going back there. He does meet uh, love story. He meets Olga on the boat mm-hmm. and which must've been a shitty boat ride. By the way, <laughs> didn't didn't look fun. Nope. Um, so he ends up at his uncle's farm. How do you how do you get this how do you get this shipment of slaves delivered, and not pick out 
the one six foot six hulking <laughs> bear wolf man. Yeah, the dude's obviously six five, who's, just a who's, gigantic human. Who's obviously not malnourished in any way, shape, or form. Like has great know. has great teeth. Is, yeah. is, is, is ripped is ripped shit and you're not like and, and not go, yeah. I bet he could carry things. <laughs> this guy's another Viking. Let's kill him now, right? Like, like well, how, I mean, how, do you, how do you not well, see through well, that? Well, I mean, I, I thought you were going to say he recognized. There's no way he'd have recognized him. Not recognize no. him, but recognize him as a warrior. Coming from a guy who was a, who was a warrior at one time, too. Like, sure. How do you not see this guy as, as the actual threat that he is? Instead, just well, like, you know, I don't know. It, it, I it's take just, it one it's step farther. Like, it was to the point they weren't even going to take him at the farm for work. That's what I mean, right? <laughs> like, you know, you had to, like... Yeah, even if had... you don't recognize him as some, like, big, strong warrior, like, this dude can help plow a field. <laughs> yeah, right? You know. <laughs> hey, you, blondie, pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if that cow gets mad, he could punch it in the skull. You know, like, just he could do something. It. Carries yeah. it back to the village. <laughs> Well, oh, but that's kind of one of the holes in the thing is, yeah, you're right. He would have killed the obvious threat to to his kingdom real quick, his little tiny kingdom village in the hills or wherever they yeah. were. I mean, it, it got it got the movie where it needed to be. Don't get me wrong, but it was just like, come on, man, this dude's this dude's massive. He's huge. He's in good shape. He's not malnourished. This is no slave. This is a warrior. And if 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 the brother, if the uncle wouldn't have been another warrior which they clearly show in the beginning of this it'd be more believable but like it's like he's got to know this guy can fight right but oh yeah one other thing about that and we'll move past the slave part of it there um so when he decides to brand himself as a slave so they're somewhere like they're fighting the the Rus people like they're at the border of russia is where they're at mm-hmm. so for him to get on a boat somewhere and end up all the way in Iceland. Dude, that boat ride had to have been like weeks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Long, terrible. <laughs> not worth the money they would have made on the slaves. No. No, not at all. <laughs> Especially like, not at all. for them they drag all the ones there that survive and they're still like, no, we don't want all of them. Like, what do you yeah. do with them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> God. That's what do you mean, Owen? Is I brought these all the way. These are yeah. these come from far away. Yeah, well, I mean everything was far away, but I mean, yeah. yeah. It's like, come on now. What are you gonna do with them? <laughs> Take them back. <laughs> oh well. All right. Uh, so, but I mean, he ends, up, he ends up working as a slave there, and you know, he basically goes on like his little spy adventure. Yeah. You know, like you know, reconnaissance missions, finding out things about the family and where stuff's located in this little farm village that they have, and all that, and you know, make some time to hang out with Olga, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. make some time to you know trip on some mushrooms and have another spiritual oh. awakening. Oh yeah. Um, you know, he finds the sword with the the drowge, uh What's the sword called? Hang on, <laughs> I forgot. Well, I like. So there's some, de- there's definitely some, some, uh, I mean, mysticism going on here and yeah. you have to, and you have to, there's witches and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you have to buy into Supposedly. this story early on or you aren't going in, you're going to be very eye rolly at like what transpires in this movie. There's a lot of convenience. There's a lot of, you know, of like, of threaded fates and things going in the course that they were meant to go. And a lot of that happens here that you've got to just be okay with because the fact that this little hovel homestead thing that he's now a part of the community of is like 
neighborhood adjacent to some ancient, like, legendary sword that Roger's going to look up the name for. And uh, is, the sword's name is the Draugr. Yeah, there we go. Like, you know, like, it's also, like, neighboring this, you know, the burial ground of this sword with the Mound Dweller. Which the is a, undead Mound Dweller. Yeah, which the the whole Moonlight thing I thought was kind of cool. That was actually a neat, you know, thing they did. And then, you know, the volcanoes. Iceland has volcanoes, don't get me wrong, but, like, it's nearby a volcano and, like, other stuff. It's very, like, wrapped up in a lot of convenience here to make this movie, like, happen the way it does. But these cultures are also very, very, you know, they're superstitious. They're very religious and they're within like their own, you know, they're, all, they're, all, they're, they're very ritualistic too. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Mysticism all within, is heavy in this, in this culture, all within their, you know, their own dogmas and stuff like that. So absolutely. Even so to where like when this guy murder faces like six dudes and pins them up in, in like the form of a centaur against a hut, they're like, it was, <laughs> it, it was, it was a demon. Yeah. They, they can't even <laughs> fathom, which understandably can't even, fathom that a human being could have done this well also because unless the guy that was six foot four 225 pounds of rock solid muscle rip shit muscle right yeah i mean just cuts them just butchers them in the middle of the night i love that he's never tired either you know like he clearly worked hard in the centaurs like he's out the next morning you know like plowing again mm-hmm. like i don't know what you're talking about that's yep. weird um so i I do, I do like the way that, that their culture referred to like the Christian God, like yeah, and, and, and it's as a jab. So if you're religious, I apologize, but like it's, they said they said something like like uh, they said their deity is a corp is a corpse nailed to a cross or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they call like, him the heathen god or something like yeah. that. And I thought that was like it was. I mean, it, it it's a bold move. Like to do that in like in a movie that people are going to go see, but, the same, but yeah. at the same time, it's also the ninth century in there. Exactly, out. yeah. It, it it pays a little bit of respect to like because you know because that that was spreading across like that country, you know, in like that part of the world at that time too. You know, it was and it was seen as as an invasive religion compared to like you know the god that they worship. Well, a lot of them that time referred to it as the new religion. Yes, yep. you know, because like it wasn't Christianity wasn't it was just becoming a thing. Yeah, it was less than a so, thousand years old at that point. Yeah, so I mean that's that's can we, also that. But Roger can we Roger? can we talk about how like he went on the 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 chaos driven psychedelic mushroom trip that she fed to all the guys? Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> she feeds a bunch of this. Olga his now well, so he does. He ends up in this game. Let's let's get to that real quick. Yeah, he ends up in this game. Um, uh, what's it, Nat Liker, Nat Liker, or something like that is how they say it. Extreme a, cricket. Yeah, it's basically cricket with boat oars, and you have to hit it off a pole, and it's really violent, and like the like the old Icelandic culture, like they love that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, it seems like I could get behind it. You yeah, know? no, me too. I'm, I'd I'm play it. For it. Uh, maybe once or twice, and then you'd be dead. Probably. <laughs> it is what it is. Um but so they're playing this game, and he ends up him versus one other fellow giantess or giant man, you know, end up in there together, and basically he ends up saving the youngest son of Fulnir and uh, his mother ends up saving the youngest son Gunner, um, and because of that, he's granted some privileges. And that's when he's able to, you know, have less less of a workload and is able to claim a woman if he chooses. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he ends up uh, ends up with Olga. 
you know, Anna Taylor Joy, Anna Taylor Joy, as his lady. So, and then they they get into the whole thing together, and he ends up, uh, or she ends up spiking the soldiers' food with uh, psychedelic mushrooms because yeah. this movie's big on tripping. Which hey, that's cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, bloodbath ensues in that. So this is one streak for like six or seven minutes where this movie is just incredibly violent and own, ownage filled. And I'm here well, for it. And and that's why and that's while there's other violence and ownage sprinkled throughout too. But mm-hmm. then there is like a like you said like a like a ten minute just stent of just murder. Yeah. <laughs> this death upon death upon death. Well, I but mean, I mean, it, but, but it's still it, it is a revenge story at heart, though. So there is sure. going you're 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 never completely away from that. I you don't think say, he did I, it for I, Olga's love. No, I wouldn't I even say, I wouldn't even say no. at heart. This is just a revenge story up front and in your face and plastered all over this damn thing. It's everything else that's kind of like you know under the underneath the surface. This thing is straight revenge the entire time. That's the whole point of this character's driven plot, and it's only the fact that he wrestles with you know it not being you know his revenge story where you get like actual like different character growth and things that happen in this movie that aren't right. you know him trying to murder a man. Yeah. Rightfully well, so. During during this whole psychedelic trip though, he also breaks in the fuel near's house and confronts his mother who finally recognizes him and mm. you know basically tells him the whole story about she was you know a former slave and orchestrated the death of his father because his father turns out isn't a super nice guy and you know he raped her as how he got her pregnant and all this terrible you know viking stuff right yeah and he doesn't believe it so he ends up killing uh the young what's the other son what's his name the douchebaggy uh, one yeah the douche just super just, douchey. just the other son of yeah <laughs> son he a. ends up Ends up killing him, runs the sword all the way through his body to the floor, which is impressive. Um, <laughs> find out that he actually takes the time to cut his heart out so he can't go to the a- the afterlife, yep. which, wow, that's disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's no greater form of fuck you to the person yeah. trying to get revenge on than, you know. Thorir, that's his name, Thorir. Yeah. Thorir um, cuts his heart out so he can't... Uh, can't make it to the afterlife. So, you know, and then still nobody, you know, really knows what's going on and basically ends up with Olga and him are just decided to leave. Like they got the revenge that they wanted and he leaves her on a boat when she tells him he's pregnant or she's pregnant and, uh, what going to have twins. Yep. And well, no, I mean, they're, I mean, pregnant with the rightful Kings. Yep. With the rightful heirs to the throne, because he, of course, is the heir to the throne. Which well, I'm, I'm, the- I'm surprised they never played up that angle. I'm glad they didn't, because there's too much of that. To these well, they never, well, they never circle back to it. Well, well, here's the thing: that the, there's no more throne. Yeah, and I, I, you know, there well, he lost no his kingdom. That's true. Yeah, it, it, it's no longer like the same thing. There's no birthright anymore to that. It's, it's more along the lines of he needs to go back, you know, and finish what he started because now now his uncle's going to come and hunt him down for the pain that he's caused so it's just and it's just going to be a cycle that's why his kids would never be safe it's not it's not about the throne it's about revenge purely it's not about he doesn't want this kingdom he even says he he even says to his, to his mother you know after, after he gets his revenge he'll contemplate if he wants to continue living because that's been his entire life is just revenge he has no desire to rule he has no desire to, to take to take you know, anyone's place 
he does it though, but that's that's what kind of makes it interesting. So, guy, that's what makes the ending work. Yeah, too. It's like that's what makes that very poetic well, ending. So he he leaves Olga on the boat, jumps back off, decides he needs to get a nice three mile swim in before he goes for the <laughs> yeah, big, you know, whatever, big battle. Yeah, right? You know, in the icy cold water, it really invigorates the blood. It's part of his skincare regimen, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, he gets, but he gets back to the farm. He makes sure all the slaves are gone. Decides to butcher up a few more people. Awesome. And then we get, you know, what we all came here for. Uh, nude mortal combat in the bottom of a volcano because hell yes <laughs> hell yes and they are they are nude too like two viking men fighting to the death nude in a volcano as our lord god intended so <laughs> as odin intended or whatever god of your choosing <laughs> well but god. there's there's but that's again that's part of that culture yeah, you know absolutely. i mean so, but it's also part of like even even like look at look at like look at a story that we hold in one of the, what one of the earliest recorded stories of Beowulf is one of the oldest sure recorded and you know mass distributed stories. Um, I mean, there's a lot of that in this. I mean, all those Shakespearean stuff is in this. Um, and you know what, Chris? I just thought of this is a movie that we watched a little less than a year ago, The Green Knight, who was yeah. a lot the. This movie is a very linear story, a very straightforward movie compared to that one. But that one's also kind of the same kind of thing we're talking about. Well, yeah. So, I mean, comparatively, just to for a moment to look at Green Knight and look at this, they definitely have a lot of um, like a lot of focus on this, like the cinematography involved and just the actual what the shots can do to a movie that could, it could be a simple movie the shots themselves and the way that, that it would, that it's like the respect is paid makes it a complex, a more complex movie and saying that actually, yeah, it, it does bring back, you know, some, some of those moments from green Knight that we got out of this, just, I don't know, like to, to go back to the, to the, the mortal combat naked volcano thing. <laughs> it yes. was, it was, it was the moment we were waiting for. And I think that's the only part of the movie that I didn't really, that like, I liked the entire setup. It was a little anticlimactic, though, wasn't it? Like, uh, it, it? I thought it was very fitting, honestly. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, with, like, I'm with Roger. I think it's very okay. fitting for what happened. So, so no, fitting. I didn't say it's not fitting, but I, I, I almost feel like we should have got like another, another thirty or forty-five seconds of them fighting in a way to just to, to for the the two-hour build-up we had to that moment, more than two hours, really. You know, it, I feel like it was it was over and done very quick. That fight, though, did remind me of the Troy versus Hector fight in the movie Troy. It was very like just. Well, see, I, 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 I have a counterpoint to that is yeah. especially when they throw in the Valkyrie kind of riding towards towards, you know, immortality of Valhalla. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of what we're left with, though, is. And there's a lot of foreshadowing in this movie, you know, with the with the the Raven in the beginning, with the with the Valhalla halfway through, or sorry, with the Valkyrie halfway through, and then with the Valkyrie in the ending again is, mm-hmm. um, but there's also this quest also consumed two men. I mean, for for instance, when they're fighting inside whatever great hall that is, and then he ends up killing, he ends up killing his own mother, mm-hmm. and and his shouldn't have been standing there. His uncle's son. Well, his mother didn't. I mean, his mother was going to kill him if he if he put down his sword. His mother would have killed him. He, but he, I mean, he, uh, he, he killed his half brother there. Don't forget that. Right, he is his half brother. But I mean, he then the both men stop fighting, and Fulnir, the brotherless, then grabs his son 
and his and he drags off his wife in the dirt, which I found funny because Nicole Kidman. Huh. But and, and then they he doesn't pursue him then. So I mean, I I I think that the movie has to end like this is because one man. I mean the the obvious. I mean no, I'm not telling you something you already know, but one man took literally everything from one, and then that man took everything from the other. So there's no other way this could have ended. Like it had to end with how it did. I'm trying to be less. I'm trying. It, it had to end with both of them killing each other. Sure. In, but I'm in, okay with that. In the gates of hell, because they're both in hell already. You know, and just also something I wanted. I wanted to note is you cannot be that close to lava, right? There's <laughs> no way. I mean, I was, your man bits may get charred. I mean, they gingerly <laughs> stepped over the lava flows at least instead of. Yeah, I love like them. in mid sword fight. He's just like yes. Yeah. <laughs> he like tiptoes over. Well, um, and 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 to just to bring up the whole lava thing, I don't think either men expected themselves to leave. So whether whatever damage they were going to cause themselves by fighting that close to lava and their skin burning and peeling off as they fought, which um, our main character's skin was kind of like bubbled and peeled up at like his shoulders and stuff as you watched. But I think they just didn't care because they. I don't think I didn't expect them to leave that place when they were done. Well, no, they, had, and, they, they had nothing more to live for either. Well, but I mean, also the movie's also segmented into like parts, and it mm-hmm. shows you in what I assume is Icelandic, um, or I could be wrong about that too. But I mean, if some kind of Viking dialogue that is almost long gone now, but it shows you, you know, and then it subtitles what each chapter is called, yeah. and like, and then like it, I, I thought that was kind of interesting how. As he was dragging his family off, his dead family, he goes, I will meet you at the gates of hell. And then our guy says, at the gates of hell is where I will meet you. And then it says, the next thing waiting. is... He said, I'll be waiting there. I'll be waiting at the gate. And then the next thing is, it says, it shows you what what is, you know, it shows you the text, and then it says, the gates of hell. Yep. So mm-hmm. there's, I mean, I, yeah, I that's fine. I mean, that's just, but that's like narratively, they, they, they stop it, and then they take you to where they want you to go next, which is what I think Eggers does very well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I mean I, I I think it's very I I think the ending was very poetic and fitting, and poetic being a great word I think to describe it because I mean we're referencing like all those old ancient poems that we talk about and learn in school today, you know like uh-huh. certainly Beowulf being chief among them, of these stories of of men that they get what they want and then it ends up killing them anyway. Mm-hmm. So I mean I think that's part of it too is you know that but. I don't know. I had I had a point with this, Chris. I was what you were saying. I've forgotten what my point is altogether. Ah, it's okay, but, man. It, it was still a beautiful speech. I, I really enjoyed where it went. I think it couldn't have gone anywhere else. I think I've said well, that three times now. But well, anyway, the choreography of the Troy versus Hector fight I think is one of the best choreography, like choreo- choreographed. I don't know how to say that. The one of the best like fights that choreographed, have been done. sir. Yeah, there we go. The, one of the best choreographed fights, you know, in like one-on-one battle like style movies that we that uh, I've ever seen. Well, it's and this it's, one, and, it's and real this one does, and it's raw. Yeah. And this one does very well with that as well. Like I thought this was very good. I mean I I also thought when he when they were about to when we are introduced to a 20-year-older protagonist when he when they're like sneaking up on that fort or that that that, that the walled village as like mm-hmm. with sheepskin and then that, that that guy throws the spear and he catches it and just like immediately returns it and st- it just kills the guy. Like that's incredible. That was so cool. Um, yes. That that fight was also pretty well choreographed because if you notice, it was one shot weaving in through the village as the Vikings were just 
destroying people. It reminded me of the um the long shot in the in Game of Thrones the last season when the, uh, when they fought the the Drake at the the whatever it's called Winterfell. It reminded me of that of like the long shots we got in there. Chris, we don't okay. Chris, we don't talk about season eight of Game of Thrones. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's, right talk about, Let's talk about it. Um, no, but you're right though. It did have those. It did. You're right. I know exactly what shot you're talking about too because of that. So yeah, it had that same kind of feel to it. Yeah, of course. Um, I love the visual. I always love the and I and I of course my, my my first exposure to this would would have been Gladiator. Like the when they go to execute Maximus, it's the very gray, but it's like it's like lightly snowing. You know that that kind of in the beginning, a lot of it was super gray and super light snow, and it just I just every time I think of it, I think of Ridley Scott because we got it in Gladiator, then we got it in Kingdom of Heaven. And a couple other movies that the Scots were involved in, it's always that visual style. So mm-hmm. I did really love that too. I mean, and, and even I loved all the visual styles of, you know, the the you know the stark Icelandic countryside as opposed to wherever they went, where it was super green and lush and I mean beautiful, but nothing's there. Uh, and then we you know we get closer and it gets darker, and then they're literally on a mountainside, and then the gates of hell. Those were very. Uh, this, most of this was filmed in Ireland, by the way, which is kind of shocked me. No, I figured most of Braveheart was shot in Ireland too, so that, that makes sense. A lot of that looked very similar. Those vast rolling hills in the beginning, yeah, those were, those were pretty, pretty beautiful. What about stuff that you guys didn't like about this one? Um, uh, it's it's sometimes it's a little too wild. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a whole extended scene of a bunch of men around the fireplace slapping their chest, you know, barking and howling at the moon. You know, that's it really sets the tone, but that's not going to be for everybody. <laughs> that's, um, that's that that that's part of the '64 from the, from the. So some sometimes it is a little hard to watch, and that's just not for everybody, and that's got to be okay. You know what I mean? That, that's just the, the direction they went with it. But I mean, I don't know. I, and maybe it's just meant to it's filmed that way to get to get reactions from people emotionally but i had a hard time watching the the whole the, the cabin scene catching on fire with the kids in it and some of the other stuff that happens and it. it was you know at times it's hard to watch i don't think any of that's hard to watch um i thought some of like the, the, the well, that's the, cool i have kids so maybe it might I, hit I me a little bit like does you the, you know when when they're just roaming through the village in the beginning killing anyone they see that's not one of them that's harder to watch for me than you know uh, a hut that i know kids and women are inside of burning because i because you're not actually seeing it happen so i mean that that part's not the hardest stuff to watch but um yeah it's just some of those fight scenes are hard to watch because they are very i gotta give the credit to eggers here though they're gruesome and they're they're graphic they are, they are gruesome real. and gritty but like that's how they would have been i, I keep saying that yeah. but that's you know, killing someone with the, with the with a dull edge edge of a sword because you don't have anything else—that's what you do when you're in that kind of situation. Yep, where you hack the sword or the head off of uh, the mound dweller sword god and then stick his severed head in his asshole because yeah. that's the thing that happens in this movie. Exactly. Supposedly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, there were a couple things I didn't really care for. I didn't. I thought they went a little overboard with what you said, Roger. I thought they took a lot of time with the father and the son in the in the hollow with uh, the Defoe character. Mm-hmm. I, thought th- I thought that was just, I get it. Like you, you see, you said it, it sets the tone. It gives you a taste of what that culture is, but do we really need it to, to further that story along? Well, hold, yeah. I, 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 I don't I, know. I, maybe, maybe not. 
I have a counter to that though. Okay. I think they stayed so long on that and and gave so much of that scene because that was the last thing he did with his father and his family and his people before he. Yeah, before it really was go, the next day away. when everything goes sideways. It's not even the next day. It's like it's like they didn't sleep and they walk out of that thing and then and then his dad dies and like he's he's now on the run for the rest of his life. So like that moment, like that night with his dad is literally the last thing he had of his of what the life he knew before his revenge story begins so that's the lat that, that's what he's thinking of the entire time yeah but so like i there, think that's why they stay there so long there's ways to do that that we don't have to get bogged down with it but you know that he and his father did that all night there's yeah, ways but, you can do that yeah but from from the from the point of view the perspective of how how the animal how much the animal side of their culture is ingrained into them than like what that moment can portray and the way they did it. I don't think you get that any other way because because it is very much part of his culture. You know, like he's he's the perfect like middle ground between the wolf and the bear. That you know he was with the wolf, the wolves, and then he goes with that that bear crazy bear wolf hybrid. Yeah, and like and that's so pivotal and so terrifying to, like, beyond who belief. they are. That it's I don't know. I feel like that's that's like that because that's that's who he is. That's the last thing he was before you know his whole life was upended. All right, and I get that. I can see your argument for that. I mean, let's talk about the real problem with this movie. It's longer than it needs to be. It yeah. probably is. I mean, it's you know, it's 10 or 15. two hours and seventeen minutes long. Yep. You know, come on now, come on now. Well, I mean, a little, I, little much, little much. Is it though, or is it because you're Roger and you don't like to be in there for longer than two hours? Well, it, that's okay. So maybe a little bit of both, but we just talked about stuff that didn't have to be as long. You couldn't have cut mm-hmm. ten minutes of that. Yeah, you know? I mean, you're also you're also getting. I mean, two hours and seventeen minutes is that the movie runtime or is that with trailers? Or, that's no, with, no, that no. that's with that's, that's credits, not trailer. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's movie. So then two seventeen would be more like two forty five or two fifty. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a two hour and forty minute adventure to go see Blood and Violence, which cool, but you know that's a lot. It is. It is. You're 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 not wrong about that. Um, and the movie is very slow at times to and i don't really know how you speed that up and still accurately portray what life was like back then i think that's accurately portraying what life was like back then as far as a filmmaker goes you know capturing that real gritty is kind of the point of it though isn't it making Mm -hmm. this movie i think you get rid of the whole cricket games thing that whole part and just have him earn his allegiance another way like save the life of the boy from like an animal or like like a, a, a small marauding band that kind of thing I don't think you need that whole like fifteen minute like like whole build up of them going to the games, everything happening, and all this stuff afterwards. I think you can get the loyalty thing and cut all that out of there. That's fair. I I get that. Um, I mean, yeah, you probably could cut. I think you could very safely cut anywhere from five to eight minutes out of this. I'm thinking fifteen. A little less safe, maybe ten to fifteen. But I think you could easily, if you had to, cut ten at least ten to fifteen out of this, and the movie still makes sense. And it would still be awesome. It would and be violent and bloody and all that fun stuff. Maybe we don't burn the whole place full of children. I don't know. But Grayson's <laughs> into that, so <laughs> whatever. Oh man. I was cheering for the fire in that scene. Jesus. Jeez Louise. Were, were, were you talking as me in that that voice? Well, yeah, of yeah, course. Let's was. let's move closer to scoring it then. Um let's move closer to scoring it. So 
there there are several things in this movie I think work and a couple of things that don't work, but overall I think what works in this movie's favor as, you know, maybe putting a half point in the in the in the pro direction is we simply just don't see these very often. And No, and there's a reason for it too, because it's not gonna make any money. Well, but see, they used to make money. And True. But, but now with streaming though, it's it's a whole different kind of money though. I don't know how they there's obviously money to be made and studios know how they're making it with streaming. I don't we don't well, know how they make it, but the real problem with this movie, who's this movie for? Well, Who are you marketing it to? That's the that, that's a problem. Like I like this movie. It's good, it's wild, it's crazy, it's violent, it's bloody. You know, this this movie ain't for my wife. It ain't for Chris's wife. It ain't for it ain't a date movie. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine you took your took a girl to this for a first date. <laughs> yeah. How's that working out? You, know, you only watch the North she... <laughs> Yeah, it sounds cool. I don't also, like, like this at all. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, we, we talk we talk about this not making money, and you know, you you Grayson said like you know they used to. How did the last duel do? You know what I mean? It didn't make a lot of money, and that yeah, Ridley movie. Scott, what's up, bro? It's one of those things where like you know that movie was way better. I, re- I, I recently watched it on my phone, Ridley. How you like that? How you like me now? Yeah, you can't stop. Anyway, <laughs> you know, I think it's just. I don't think they make money. I mean, the green Knight didn't do that great either. No, it didn't. But I mean, they got to make money on streaming and there's, there's, there's gotta be ways these movies are profitable, but I mean, and this, this wasn't exactly a big budget Hollywood epic either. No, it was about 80 million. It could have been a big budget Hollywood epic Mm. with a couple, with a couple of minor tweaks to the story. It could have been, but it just, it wasn't, it wasn't that kind of, I mean, they'd all have to be speaking English and it wouldn't, yeah, you could have you could have had Ragnaros come out of the lava, and they could have fought Ragnaros together. No, and you could have Thor and Mjolnir show up. And yeah, Spider Man, and fuck yeah, brother! <laughs> oh my god, how does it get so off the rails? But I, mean, I think I think it's right on the rails now. It's exactly where it should be. <laughs> this movie's twelve. I love your American voice, brother. Fuck yeah, brother! <laughs> it's that's my American voice. <laughs> uh, well, let's move the score. That's my time. goatee and wraparound sunglasses and yelling at kids at a youth baseball game voice <laughs> while drinking natty ice out of a cool. That's that's very specific. <laughs> but it, so in, in this scenario, Roger, you have a sick handlebar mustache, though. Does he? No, no, yeah. no. I, I see him as more of a beard. So. No, in that scene, beards no. are non-threatening, sir. Okay, it's true. Let's let's go score it then. And I'll, I'll I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. I like this movie a lot. I think it might be a tad bit too long, but I also think what they did here was with some of the camera work was great. Uh, I love the main character Skarsgård. I thought he was excellent. I thought some of the I didn't think you know Ethan Ethan Hawke did a great job. <laughs> I didn't think he was gonna be able to do it, but he did it. Um, there's a lot of positives here. I'm gonna give this a seven. This mm-hmm. is a seven for me. I really what? enjoyed this. Not yeah, not in the same right. way of massive talent, of course, but I still really enjoyed this movie. All right, yeah, Chris, you want to go or you want me to go? I'll go. I'll go. So, okay. I mean, I'm not I'm not shy about this. Is this movie is like in my wheelhouse? And yeah, and on top of the movie being in my wheelhouse, I the cinematography. I'm, I'm a sucker for the the uh, the fight scenes and the way they're choreographed is just fantastic. I really did enjoy that, and I liked all the I like I like all the weird shit in this movie. I like the mysticism. I like the the different, um, like the different mythologies that we get to see, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm definitely that kind of stuff just tickles the right fancy. 
this is just a little bit too long though and it is hard to watch at times um this is a seven and a half for me this is a really fun good movie for me i like i like this kind of thing and it's just i don't know we don't get these movies very often and it's it, it's a bloody good time hmm. interesting well so i will be the last goer of this so um i think this movie's excellent um i don't think it's perfect it has its really good spots. It's longer than it should be. Um, it's violent. It's bloody. There's no way this movie will ever, ever be for everybody. But I think it's a it's a hell of a ride. And if you uh, take the time to actually watch it, you come away with it going, huh, that's a thing. So uh, I think this movie is a seven. Um, I think it's pretty good. Um, I'll be honest, the first 15 or 20 minutes, I was kind of like, what's going on here? And but you you got you got to ride it out, and if you ride it out, it's worth it. I think so. Uh, seven is where I put it. All right, that's pretty. Those are pretty respectable scores. I think it's yeah. I mean, I think we had, a, we had a good week of movies. Honestly, we did. Uh, yeah, really we did. Did. which is a weird combination. Turned out to be one of our better scored two packs of movies in a while. <laughs> Indeed, it did. Indeed, it did, and that's always a good thing. Ethan Hawk took like six arrows to the chest. And a couple of spears to the yeah. You know, before all, his, all his line was really cool too. Also, <laughs> it it took fuel full near three whole swings to knock his head off. True. Also, like it, like what he said to them while he's like still trying to fight them off while he has six arrows sticking out of him. He says, "Come collect your corp girls or something like that, or ladies or women." Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. I thought it was a cool. He line. calls them bitches. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> come collect your corpse, ladies. I love how Roderick gets such a kick out of that. Like, yeah, well, I mean. Shouldn't have been standing there. Mm. Just saying. All right, gentlemen. This has been episode 276B of Fourth Love of Cinema. Each new episode posts every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter, at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. I have no Twitter. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Always posting things there. Check us out on YouTube as well. Send us an email to fourthlevelcinemapodcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're going to be taking a look at The Bad Guys, which is number one in the box office two weeks in a row, which will be very quickly knocked off by (laughs) madness. Um, And Memory with Liam Neeson. I'm going to want to wipe memory from my memory. I know it. So 100% chance the brother voice comes back during Top Gun week. (laughs) Oh, I don't doubt that at all.